Welcome to episode 179 of the GSD Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Jules and Stace. Running a successful business never comes without its challenges, but it also includes a lot of highs. In this GSD Entrepreneur Podcast, we explore both. We dive into what it looks like when entrepreneurs are committed to getting done. These are people who are pursuing their dreams, so we dig deep to understand how they are doing it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Richard Reuter, president and owner of Caroline's Cakes, is carrying on both his mom's dream and her legacy as he runs this business. Caroline's Cakes started back in 1982 when Caroline made a caramel cake for Richard's christening. Not long after, word of mouth about the quote-unquote world's best caramel cake had people all across the country asking how soon they could have one of these shipped to them. One order turned into 10, which turned into a national business with staying power. Richard is a storyteller, has a great sense of humor, cares deeply about his team and customers, and is 100% committed to honoring his mom in this business. What an inspiration. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks for hitting play on this GSD Entrepreneur Podcast. We are really, really thrilled to be in your presence as we are every week. I'm Jules, your host, and this, and I'm sitting here. You can't see. I say this, but you can't see. I'm sitting here in the studio with my lovely co-host, Stace. Hi, Stace. Hi. I'm Great. glad they can't see us today. <laughs> no, not every day is a dress-up day. I'll be honest. <laughs> and I feel like those dress-up days have gotten a little less frequent, yep. and I'm sure that we're in good company. I'm sure that... There are many people out there judging us, or maybe the ones who judge are the ones that put on a nice like dress shirt on their top and then have like their PJ bottoms or boxers yeah. on the bottom, right? Exactly. So whatever. But here we are with GSD Entrepreneur, and we're we're really excited about this guest, and I'll tell you why. Because if you've listened to our guest at all, what you've seen or what you may have assumed was a theme was that this is a woman entrepreneur podcast. And the thing is, it's not, it's really not. It's just that the majority of people that we get introduced to happen to be women. And the majority of entrepreneurs that we're connected with happen to be women. But every now and then people come to us and they're like, okay, you've got to get this guy on your show. He's awesome. He's done all these cool things, da, da, da. And such is the case with our guest today. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell our listeners how we got introduced Um, to this fine fella? Yep. Richard, and I'll let you intro what he does later, um, is a client of a a dear friend of ours who owns Leapfrog PR here in Charleston, South Carolina. So, and she's been talking about his, what he does for a while now, and we've had the opportunity, I just want to say he makes cakes and they're amazing. And they're the secrets out of Oh them. man. Um, but you can tell who, where they can find them. But anyway, these were some of the best cakes of it, best cake I ever had. And he even um, caters to someone like me who I have a gluten intolerance that is very new in, in my life. And so I'm learning to navigate that. But so yeah, he, and his gluten cake was the best I've ever had. Yeah. So big cake. shout out to yeah. Liva Osborne. Yes. Um, Liva, we love you. You know that, uh, but this, you know, never hurts to say it again, but thank you so much mm-hmm. for just being such an awesome person that you are and for um, also making this intro to Richard. So without further ado, Richard Reuter, the owner, right, of Caroline's Cakes. That's right, president and owner. Hi, how are you? 
Great. <laughs> Great. Let's get that title correct. I mean, you've earned every bit of those that title, right? President and owner. You've earned every bit of that. I, I think so. You know, I've sampled the appropriate <laughs> amount of cake to, to earn the title I put on my card. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what some of the listeners may or may not know is that my background, I think, has a lot of similarities to Richard's. So I grew up in a bakery. My mom started a bakery. They just celebrated 50 years this year. My brother actually 10 years ago took it over. It's up in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So no competition at all to Caroline's Cakes. But I grew up smelling like icing and batter all my life. And I would go into high school and people would be like, oh my gosh, you smell just like cake. I'm like, well, that's because I live in a bakery. Um, literally, we lived right over top of the bakery. So all the smells rose. Um, but anyway, so it's not a bad um, way to go to school smelling. Well, I have a lot of friends. Yeah. I mean, it's not until it's like all the time. Right. And so it becomes your perfume and Anyway, it's, it's, yeah. So I'm really excited for multiple reasons, Richard, to listen to your story. So let's do this. So let's, uh, we'll stop talking. This is all about you. And we would love to just turn the mic over to you and say, okay, take us back to where you grew up and then the journey of Caroline's Cakes, because I don't believe it started with you. So let's go ahead and hear that whole story and then how you took it over and just the journey that you've been on. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate it. I want to echo your thanks to, to Liva for setting this up as well. I'm thrilled to, to meet you all. Caroline's Cakes has been a part of my life since I was born, but you're, you're absolutely right. I was Caroline. I am not Caroline. Um, <laughs> Caroline, Caroline was my mother. I was close as we can get. Um, <laughs> so again, my name's Richard Reuter. I was born in uh, Washington, D.C., and grew up in Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, in 1982, at my christening, my mom, Caroline, served uh, the very first seven-layer caramel cake. And it was a uh, delicacy that she had enjoyed during her upbringing. She was born in Charleston and grew up in Lake City, South Carolina. And my, my grandfather, her father, had a charcoal and tobacco business and he would often entertain clients. And mom, from a very early age, saw the power that food had in bringing people together. There were uh, client dinners, family barbecues, church gatherings, all centered around food as the focal point. And, and mom always took great pride in knowing who made the best fried chicken, uh, and, and most importantly, who made the best caramel cake. So when she served this cake at my christening, she had friends of hers um, ask if they could get, get one for their own event. And she started, um, bringing them up from the low country on my grandfather's charcoal and tobacco trucks. And I I can remember distinctly being loaded into the back of a car uh, with my older brother, Charles, who also works here in the business. And we would meet on the side of I-95, these tractor trailers that would have maybe eight cakes in the back. And we'd take them to the house in Annapolis and they'd be set up on the front porch and with people's name on them. And you'd come by on the honor system and you'd leave your money in the big red tin, which was literally a big red cake tin. And for 20 years, the business was, was run, uh, like, like that on the honor system. Um, Eventually, there was a point that was reached where mom started making the cakes herself. And by 2000, she was 
putting out about eight cakes a day from the home kitchen. So just, uh, I mean, really not gangbusters, but, you know, more than one, less than 10 and was able to meet the demand. And I mean, out of your kitchen, that's no small feat, eight a day. And every layer is baked individually. So it's okay, seven it's, layers. It's seven layers. So so that's a lot of pans and a lot of attention. Those of you and your listeners who know what true caramel is, I'm sure they'll know the attention that it demands and, and what it takes to really get it right. And, and mom always put that time in and, and got it right. Mm-hmm. So she we baked like this or she baked like this uh, until 2000 when she got a uh, phone call from a company called U.S. Trust. They're now, I think, owned by Bank of America. And they, they said, we, we've tried your cake. I'm sorry, we've tracked down your home number. We love your cake so much. We'd like to use it as client gifts. <laughs> That's great. How many would you like? And they said, we'd like 2,000. <laughs> Without missing a beat, she said, okay. And at the time, I was just starting as a, a freshman. True entrepreneur right there. Yes. That's, that's, so, when, yes. that's when she really kind of had the aha, like, I've got something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was starting uh, at Hobart College in Geneva, New York. And I would come back on breaks and I would help prepare that first order, which we initially thought with that volume, we outsourced to a co-packer um, because, you know, that that kind of production increase was not something that we thought we could do at eight cakes a day in time for the holiday, maybe the holidays in 2005, if we had, you know, five year head start. <laughs> but we got the first test cake and we cut into it and we found a penny. And that, without hesitation, mom started the plans, uh, putting a commercial kitchen in the basement of my parents' home. And we got that first order out, packed in the garage with tractor trailer, loads of boxes and tins being backed down the, the, the residential driveway. I, I know our our neighbors loved us, but the mom made extra cakes for them, which made it go over well. <laughs> so that that really kind of established Caroline's Cakes as a real business. Mm. And it was it was fun to be a part of from a very early age. From there, we moved out of the basement of the house into a small storefront in Annapolis, Maryland, and mom would set up with signs for, uh, it was right before the Bay Bridge. So she wanted to capitalize on people going over the bridge uh, to the beach for the weekend and they could stop and pick up their cake for their for their gatherings. And, and from there, we moved into the retail front and then a second retail front that was two doors down. And the whole sort of small growth period, I was coming back and forth from college, um, h- helping out uh, in whatever capacity I could. Um, after I graduated in 2004, I was, I was dead set on going to law school until about two nanoseconds after I had my diploma in my hands. And then I had absolutely no idea what, what, what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. So I moved back to Annapolis and was managing a restaurant there. Um, and mom asked me to lunch and had a meeting with me and said, I, you know, we've got a growing business here and I'd love for you to come on board. Hmm. And then I think I had the the mild arrogance of a recent college graduate. And I asked, like, what's my, t- my vice president? <laughs> no, you're going to start washing dishes and you're going to learn the business from the back to the front. And it was the best onboarding process and, and advice, career advice uh, I, I ever received hmm. because I mom realized the importance of knowing the business from the back to the front, especially 
as a small entrepreneurial business, knowing every single aspect of it and knowing the importance of it. And I learned that from, from day one. Um, so I want to back, back up a little bit. So your mom, I mean, obviously this, this cake business started on, on accident. I mean, she, she, she was already, the cake was already, she was already making them and then people just started loving them. So this kind of happened. This wasn't a journey she set out on to be a, you know, to be a master cake baker and have this thriving business. What was she doing before? Like, uh, was she just a stay at home mom? Not, and when I say just, I don't mean that in any, any kind of derogatory way, but was, was she a stay at home mom? Did she have another job or, and this was just a side hustle? So she would work in, interior design, uh, but she also was a, a, a stay-at-home mom to the max, as, as you alluded to. It's not not a just the stay-at-home mom, but she was very active in the fundraising world in Annapolis. I think I can remember, you know, when they when they sold Sally Foster wrapping paper. Hmm. Well, well, my brother and I were, uh, I think we set the record with her pushing us, um, you know, pallet pallets of the stuff getting getting brought up to school um, so she was certainly always very engaged in whatever activity she was doing um, she helped friends of hers start their own businesses uh, one of the gentlemen who helped build my parents house in annapolis she helped him start his own business so i think she was always sort of having her hand t- bobbing and weaving between other pe- people's ventures and it wasn't until that aha of um the first order that she was like, Hey, this is, I found mine. And she always, she would always say she didn't start Caroline's cakes. Caroline's cakes started her. Yeah. Wow. So sort of gave her that, that push to, to take the leap. Uh, That's, I mean, the scariest part of, of any small business. I think if you ask many people. Mm, For sure. For sure. So, okay. So you're, you come back in now, did you ever, so a lot of times you hear um, that kids who grew up in businesses tend to dislike the business, right? It's not super common for the kids to come back in and take the business over. Um, did you ever feel that? Or it sounds like you were always super supportive of it. And I mean, when you graduated from college, you wanted to come back in and be, be a significant part of it. I mean, watching watching all the hard work that mom put into it. I was, you know, I, it was, it was admiration, uh, to the highest extent. I mean, not only do you always look up to your parents, uh, or you always want to look up to your parents. I certainly did, uh, look up to mom. And then also it was kind of the, 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 the fear of letting her down. I mean, nobody worked harder in that business than, than she did. She was so engaged and, and was just magnetic in her enthusiasm. So I wasn't, uh, free from that that magnetism of kind of drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak, of how cool and how great Caroline's Cakes was. Mm. I got to overhear a lot of the conversations that mom would have with customers. Uh, and it was so neat to see something that I would be able to impact change, change on. I mean, I, I could come in and put what I'd been learning in undergraduate school right to use and actually even though I was just washing pants in the beginning, I could voice an opinion on how to do it better. And, and having that sense of ownership was, was taught to me at a very young age. Uh, mm-hmm. Hard work was taught to me at a very young age. And, and, and mom would have, she'd encourage me, oh, you should have some friends over for a, a sleepover. 
And then we'd find out the next morning, she'd say, oh, do you, does everybody want breakfast? We'd say yes and say, okay, well, there's just been a truckload of mulch delivered. So when you distribute the mulch, we'll have breakfast. So it's like, <laughs> that's, that's strategic problem solving. And, and, and she did that at the business as well, but also would be right out there moving the mulch or back there washing the pans with me and, and really leading from the front. So I wanted to be a part of that. And, and she gave me the opportunity to do it. And, you know, I, I watched as her and my dad, who works in telecommunications, but is extremely supportive, they would spread the word of the business by doing a lot of benefit shows around the country. So uh, they would load up a trailer full of chest freezers, uh, full of cakes, and one of them would go off to Florida, the other would go up to Michigan, and they'd set up basically a storefront and, and sample and sell cakes for three days. And, and that, that helped the word of mouth spread to the point where, where we were shipping cakes nationwide. Wow. And when, when was that? When did y'all start like shipping cakes nationwide? We started, well, the first order was shipped. Okay. So, so it's pretty much right from the beginning. Uh, it was, we, we, you know, as opposed to being shipped from the house at that point, we were shipping from the storefront in Annapolis where we spent, you know, about 17, 18 hours a day, Yep. Uh, during the non-holiday season and, and 20 plus during the holiday season, which is when we do most of, most of our work. And we did all the, the, the cagey things that, is, that an entrepreneur does. You know, we there was a vacant storefront that we managed to get our, our hands on the key to. So during the holiday season, we would store coolers in there. <laughs> kind of the, a lot of the easier to ask for forgiveness than permission approach. Uh, and uh, that was because we were operating in 2,500 square feet. And that 2,500 square feet was for a storefront, office space, walk-in freezer, and kitchen production area. And we would go from shipping two to 300 cakes a day to three to 5,000 during the holidays. And I still have no idea how we got through some of those seasons. There was, you know, we'd set up pop-up tents outside and then we'd get a snowstorm in Annapolis and the pop-up tent would be caved in. So you'd have to, you would just kind of find a way to get it, get it done, but you're all in it together. Yeah. Um, and, and out of that 2,500 square feet, we we did eventually reach our breaking point to where in 2012, we moved to our now headquarters in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, so we went from 2,500 to 25,000. Jeez. Wow. Now, is your brother, your, you said your brother's in the business as well. Did he come on at, right out of college like you did or did he was he a little bit after you? Charles is uh, more of a globe trotter than I am. He he spent he went to uh, college in New York and spent the fifteen years after college in New York City living in, in Brooklyn. Uh, he spent some time living in Sweden and uh, came back and joined the business about five years ago, which has been great. He runs our entire shipping department, so every every big red box, which is what the cakes come in, that are big red box and then a big red tin um, that arrives on your door, has been shipped under his guidance, which is great. Wow. So, so when did the transition happen for you to take over president and owner role? So I think that had always been the plan um, to, I did eventually work my way out of the dish room um, <laughs> to the point where I was, uh, our caramel recipe is, is, I think of it like our Coca-Cola recipe. There's a, a few people who know how to make it the Caroline's way. And, you know, we, we don't let them travel together. Um, so I, I learned how to make the caramel and really loved spending my time in the kitchen as opposed to in the office, although I do the books 
as well. Um, helped out with the transition. Mom had always planned for that. Um, it just happened a little bit quicker than we wanted to because mom got sick. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm. Um, and that that's when we decided we, we closed down our locations in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, as much as we enjoyed having that storefront and that connection to Annapolis, it was important to us to spend time where it's truly important, um, which was with mom. Um, and she was still very active in the bakery during her, her diagnosis and her battle. And, um, we had thought that she was going to go down to MD Anderson, who gave her tremendous care for a, a victory lap, so to speak. Um, unfortunately that wasn't the case. And, and she, she passed away in 2017. So that sort of accelerated the timeline. Um, I told the staff when we got back here, uh, after she had passed that this, this business is, and always will be Caroline's cakes. So you, you all, you touched on it in the, in the, lovely introduction that you all typically interview female entrepreneurs. I still think of Caroline's Cakes as a female owned business. I am, I am always looking up to mom for advice and people ask, how do you come up with your new recipes? And in many cases, I go to mom's library of cookbooks and she'll have a recipe dog-eared or bookmarked. So I feel like I get to work on those projects with her mm. on a daily basis. So her passion is my passion, and I, she left a thorough roadmap for, for what her vision for the business was. So it's, it's very nice to feel that, con that close connection with her. Mm, wow. She sounds like a special, special lady. She's a firecracker for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, if I, if I thought about her, like, and if I were to describe her just on the little bit that you've said, it would be um, outgoing, energetic, driven, um, kind of a bring along kind of person where That's she gathers right. people um, and just a, an influencer who left an incredible legacy. Um, so it's, does all of those things match with who she all included. I, I write, uh, there's a, a great article written after she passed in the Charleston Mercury that, that described mom as she would run into somebody and it'd be as if they were neighbors for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it was very much about the people for her. And that's the same in Caroline's case. I mean, she, she loved our customers and our customers loved, loved her. I mean, the outpouring of support continues to this day. I don't get to do what I love doing without the amazing Kate community that she in large part built. And that's, that's something so special. It's not lost on me. It's not lost on my brother or my dad who helps out in consulting capacity or really anybody on our team here. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. we, we get phone calls as much for ordering another cake as it is to talk about how other people's families have been doing since the last time we spoke to them. Um, so uh -huh. it's, it's, it's not always about the order. In, in, in most cases, it's about, about the person. Um, and and we, we love it. I mean, the cakes make the world a smaller place. We just, we just want to eat cake and be happy. And <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a guardian angel over this business. And um, I was, my wife and I were lucky enough about 18 months ago to welcome our own baby girl, little baby Caroline. Oh, oh wow. Coincidentally, <laughs> she was born on April 5th, which is National Caramel Day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did so, you guys plan that? 
No, I, mom had something to do with it. I think she, she she's looking looking down. You sure, y'all didn't get induced on April fifth. <laughs> no, no, it's completely. Off. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow. So you started. She um, you started out with caramel cakes. Um, you know, there's this thing that people go: is it caramel or ca- caramel? Caramel. Yeah. So anyway, but you started out with caramel cakes. Wait, I want to know how do you say it? I say caramel. I say say pecan and I say caramel. Uh, I I don't, caramel sort of grates me a little bit, but if people want to eat cake and call it caramel, then then you have at it. It's it's your birthday, (laughs) not mine. I say caramel and pecans. And so, uh, what do you say? Tomato, tomato. Uh, Yeah, you say caramel. I do, do, but I'm not going to say it out loud because it'll grate on Richard's nerves and I don't want to do that. As long as it has Caroline's in front of it, you're good. Okay. Perfect. So um, we started out with caramel cakes. And, and now how many flavors do you have? Now we have over 30 flavors depending on the season. So from caramel, we, we did a coconut cloud cake, um, which is it's super light. I, I like to say if you like coconut cake, you will love this cake. If you don't like coconut, you will still like it. Um, mm-hmm. and, we have, and then we sort of do variations on that. So we have a coconut raspberry and a coconut lemon. Um, we have a Southern chocolate, seven layers of yellow cake with chocolate fudge and chocolate ganache. Coming up for this holiday season, we have a hot cocoa cake, which is four layers of chocolate cake with a vanilla fluff filling and a hot cocoa infused buttercream. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm gaining weight just listening to you. There's a cheat code for that. As I tell people, there's no calories if you eat it standing up. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, <laughs> you just have to, buy, you have to buy more bigger shoes. That's, that's right. Yeah, it, it has not been proven, and I will deny it if it comes back to me. But uh, <laughs> And then most recently, we've started, uh, obviously, with, with COVID. And I loved, I was listening to another one of y'all's episodes, and it was, I think you were talking about the book that you wrote. And the question you asked was, what have you accomplished during COVID? And I thought that was such a refreshing way to look at the difficult time that, that we're living in. It's like, because we really have accomplished a lot as, as a small business. And that's, you have to kind of keep going through any difficulty that's in your way. And in this case, unfortunately, the difficulty is a global pandemic. And one of the things that we've accomplished is expanding to little smaller bites for people. You know, a lot of times a, a nine inch cake that feeds 14 to 20, even though you can freeze and refreeze for up to six months, may not be appropriate for the Zoom wedding or the, the birthday from afar. So we've developed uh, cake bites and they're bite-sized samples of our iconic cake flavors. And it's, uh, it's, it's our answer to the Petty Fork. And, mm. and they're about a half dollar size and they're coated with chocolate. And a lot of them have caramel icing or blueberry. And the, the way that we determined that they were gonna be that half dollar size is we have a, a, a cheese biscuit machine that helps cut the biscuits out. And we were looking for ways to mass produce. And I was like, well, what if we use the biscuit machine? And that just happened to be the shape that the, the biscuit cut. So now it's biscuits are waiting in line for cake bites and cake bites are waiting in line for biscuits. So <laughs> so y'all also do biscuits? We do. So we do, again, our, our menu and our selections really take heavily from Caroline's upbringing. So, Caroline's mother, my grandmother always had a, a, a tea caddy full of nice spicy cheese biscuits. 
Mm. Sometimes they'd have a pecan on them. We are a nut-free bakery, so we don't we don't do that. But we do cheese biscuits. We do Carolina-style barbecue. Mm. Delicious marinated coleslaw, pimento cheese. We do lobster rolls that that uh, my dad suggested from his summer spent on Cape Cod. Uh, and then we do Maryland crab cakes, of course, from our, our ties to the Annapolis area. Wow. So it, it's certainly a lesser known part of Caroline's case, but we, I mean, we can deliver, we can deliver it all. And in today's world, that's, that's needed right mm -hmm. to your door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what a, what an incredible story. And mm -hmm. I honestly, we, so we try really hard not to do research before we get on um, the podcast episode, because we like to learn right along, right alongside of the listeners. Um, so I had no idea that you guys do crab cakes and lobster rolls and um, barbecues and all that stuff. That's really cool. We're going to go definitely go check out your website a little bit further. Um, so for you, so you, you took it over um, and you have, you've been through um, a lot of shifts, right? A lot of growth. I mean, just to think about how much is done in a 25,000 square foot building, like that's a lot of capacity for a lot of food, all different kinds of food. So you guys crank out some serious product, I would imagine, out of those 25,000 square feet. Um, but for you, you said you like to be in the kitchen, and but you do the behind the scenes things. Um, what is it about this business that pulls you out of the sheets every morning? Like what is, what, what role do you do or do you play in it that just, it just kind of fits you like a glove? I, I, just how lucky I am to get to do this job. If I can call it a job every single day. I mean, I think a large part of it is the, the commitment I feel to, to Caroline, to, to grow the business that she started and allowed me to become a part of. Um, a lot of it is our customers who I love talking to every day and the friendships that I've made over the, over the phone in large part, but then you, you, you run into people and, you know, I'll be wearing my eat cake, be happy sweatshirt or a Caroline's cakes hat. And people stop you and tell you about a time where Caroline's cakes was important to them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a wedding or a birthday. Um, you know, sometimes there's, it's needed for a funeral or, or sad times as well, but it's that those memories that it stirs back up. Uh, it's getting to do that on a daily basis and have a positive impact on people's, people's lives means the world to me. So is there a story? I, I love that, Richard. I think that's just awesome because it really is, any business really is all about the relationships, isn't it? I mean, people and our relationships are what makes the world go round. It's, it's what probably is most frustrating about a business. Um, but it's also, um, really what is, what is most beautiful about any business. Uh, but when you're telling that, it makes me want to know, are there any stories that come to your mind that, uh, are that just like right away come to your mind of moments where you were like, Oh man, shipping this order, mom would be really proud. Like, is there a certain, like a person that you sent a cake to or a organization that you sent it to or whatever? Is there something that were, you were like, this is exactly what we're all about? Well, I think um, we've had some, I mean, some famous customers who, who mom developed relationships with and, and was able to talk to them again, like, like they've been a neighbor for, for 30 years. I think most recently, we were a founding sponsor of the Marvin Hamlish Music Awards. Um, that was pre-COVID, and Marvin Hamlish, of course, the famous composer, 
um, who's also since passed, but they founded uh, a scholarship in his name at Queens College where he attended. And we were able to attend this event in New York and I was asked to speak there. And that for me was like, wow, like this business has just afforded me the opportunity to be an event honoring Marvin Hamlish, who I know mom thought the world of. And, you know, you interact with like Martha Stewart was there and uh, uh, Terry Hamlish, uh, his his wife was there as well. And the reason that that particular instance meant so much to me is because mom had at one time, she was driving across the country to do a show in Jackson Hole. And this is in a suburban with a trailer full of cakes. And um, she got to Jackson Hole to do the show and they set up their tent. And Marvin Hamlish happened to be doing a concert there. And his assistant came to the booth and said, I'm not sure if you know this, but this is Marvin's favorite dessert. And he'd love for you to come to the show tonight. So mom went to the show <laughs> and uh, was sitting front row at the concert. And this is, again, he's an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. This is, it was so cool for mom. And he stopped the concert. He said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, I have to stop. We are in the presence of dessert greatness right now. <laughs> and he invited mom up onto the stage. He said, this is Caroline Reuter. She makes the world's best seven layer caramel cake. I am confident that if you put this cake on a table, it would be the, the, the solution for world peace. And he allowed her to sit on that stage and watch him perform. And somebody snapped the picture. And, and when I spoke at the Marvin Hamlet's awards, um, I, I, I thanked Marvin uh, who's obviously again passed away because he gave me the opportunity to have that picture and to be on that stage because it's such a fond memory of not only what this business can allow us to do, but also it helps me connect to one of the happiest times I ever saw my mom, essentially getting that same experience of being on stage in front of her fans. So I think that's the, the long-winded way of saying that's the time. Mm. Wow. Wow, what? <laughs> I take a moment there. Wow. Oh, what a cool story. That is a cool story. Sheesh. Man, it, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, our vacation, our vocations need to be our vacations. And it seems like that you're on a vacation every day, which is awesome. Um, but we, as we know, as entrepreneurs, it's not always, you know, it is not always rainbows and puppy tails um, that there are the hardships in business. Um, is are there any, or is there one um, one memory that's just where you're like, I just don't know if I can do this or not? We did have the refinery where we were getting sugar from when we when we had grown to the point where we could get sugar in large capacity. Um, just before our holiday season, the, the plant burned down, oh, and wow. the troubleshooting the solution to that because we do like to be brand specific, label specific, um, was the most stressful time I think I've been through at this business. Mm. Uh, there was no clear solution. Mm. We, we tried contacting a number of other uh, wholesalers and the flavor just wasn't right. And that's one thing that we've never been willing to sacrifice is that flavor. We're never, we've never cut corners on our recipes it's the same as people make in their own kitchen, but we're just using larger mixers. So we weren't willing to compromise the flavor of what our customers had grown to love and the cake that brought back memories for them. 
and but there wasn't a clear solution. We had the holiday season looming when at that time was about 50% of the, the yearly sales took place in that six-week period. And we we needed to build inventory and every solution that we tried to seek out just wasn't working. So that's we wound up raiding every grocery store uh, in like a tri-state area is, is what we did because we found out who carried the label we were looking for. And my dad, my mom and I would be like, okay, today you're on a six hour loop headed north. You're going east you're, and you're going wow. south. And we'd come back and instead of dealing with 50 pound bags of sugar, we were dealing with six ounce bags. So <laughs> we were never afraid of working later into the night. So once we had the ingredients, we were like, okay, we can do this. Uh, we can do this because we told our customers we can do this. And so that's the obligation. But I think something that's so completely out of, that was so completely out of our control was probably the most, the biggest gut punch I've ever, ever experienced. Mm-hmm. I, so educate us a little bit. So sugars have different, like they they taste different or is it like maybe the water that they use or wherever? I mean, I didn't even know that you just can't go get a one bag of sugar and it'd be the same as another. Not in my, not in my experience uh, with, with our, our products and we've tried it there, you know, Domino's going to have a flavor and Dixie Crystal is going to have a flavor and, you know, the, the brown sugar you get at Costco or Sam's Club private label is going to have a different flavor um, or the granulated sugar for that matter. But, you know, we find the same thing. We, we like a certain egg white for our buttercreams and that's just, maybe we're stubborn, but it, but it's, uh, we don't want to change that flavor profile because it's so cl- closely connected to people's memories and their traditions and their celebrations. Love it. Well, your cakes are your art, mm-hmm. right? And so just like an artist, they know exactly the shade that they want. Um, and so just like that, it's, it's the similar with the ingredients that you use. So speaking of ingredients, um, how do you know offhand how much flour and sugar and butter you order in a week's time? I, I, I do. Mom used to say, I never like to talk square footage, number of cakes or number of carrots. <laughs> um, carrots is in diamonds. Carrots is in diamonds. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would say, people ask how many cakes do you sell in a year? I used to say almost enough. Um, <laughs> but we are, we are to the point we, we go through, about 60,000 pounds of uh, sugar a year. It's tough to break that down into a week because we are still fairly seasonal yes. um, you know, coming into our holiday season now. And we're, we're excited for things to ramp up. You can, you can smell the competing icings and cakes fighting in the air in the bakery. And we're starting to get our cooler and box deliveries in. Um, but Lots, lots and lots and lots. That's the, that's the most scientific answer I can give on that. Uh, it's a perfect, it's a perfect answer. <laughs> that is a whole lot of sugar and sweetness. That's for sure. I, I remember growing up that um, same thing was with the, the butter that we used. There was a certain, um, a certain, and I just used the word butter, but it was a certain butter and a certain brand that was used and no other one that we found would compare the consistency of it for the buttercream icing. Um, I mean, it just, it's nothing else worked. And so I remember stories of the same exact thing of getting in cars and going to every grocery store that we knew that carried it and stockpiling. And I remember getting such weird looks from people in the grocery store when I had a, um, a, 
grocery cart full of nothing but this brand of, you know, the butter that we used. Right. So, they, they, were, they were the ones reading the National Enquirer, but I'm the one getting the weird looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a good point. It's fair for sure. For sure. So, okay. So you live, breathe, eat, sleep, cake, right? And, and the other products that you guys do, do you still eat it? Do you still eat cake? It's it's a tough part of the job, but I do still have to eat the cake. Um, I, as we come out with new flavors, there's there's some taste testing. There's always, I mean, there's there's never a shortage of cake samples around the bakery. Yeah. Um, with the new line of cake bites, there's been lots of sampling. It, it's why I've I've tried to maximize the time I I, I spend on the Peloton uh, to kind of <laughs> counteract that. Um, but I do still eat it, and I I, I love it every single time I get an opportunity to. You have a, you have a favorite? I'm still partial to the caramel. You know, the caramel cake is the one that started it all. Yeah. It's, it's, it continues to be our best seller. It's so good. It's the, the world's best seven layer caramel cake. And I can say that because it's true. Uh, we and, can vouch for that. We were give, we were gifted that and that both that and the gluten-free, the gluten-free caramel cake caramel caramel cake that you that you guys do and um both of them you would never in a million years know it was gluten-free when you ate it i mean these cakes literally they melt in your, melt in your mouth mm-hmm. i mean they were so delicious and the thing is is because they are sweet i mean it's caramel right so right. you don't need a huge bite which is awesome that libba told us she's like oh no just put it back in the freezer and pull it out use a hot knife slice down what you want and put it back in the freezer um, and you can literally keep it in the freezer, um, you know, for six months, which is. That's right. So you can freeze and refreeze for up to six months if, if you wrap it well. All of the cakes are shipped frozen on dry ice in a cooler that Caroline designed and patented, mm-hmm. um, which is another venture of hers. She was, UPS was charging based on dimensional weight. And we were getting these penalty charges for the size of the cooler. So she designed one that fit within those specifications. Hmm. Um, but if you yeah, have wrapped well, you can freeze and refreeze. We have a lot of customers who will get their cake, cut all the individual slices and put it in a Ziploc bag and put those in their freezer and then take one out at a special occasion. Yeah. Now, um, because, uh, I mean, in, in, I, for so many, so many years, people would say they're gluten intolerant. And I think that's why I'm, I'm probably not gluten intolerant because I just thought it was like a, a fad. It's not. It's a real thing. Um, and now I know that. Um, uh, so do all your cakes come in gluten-free or are you only the caramel? No, so we have a, a limited selection of gluten-free cakes. Uh, we do our, our coconut cake is available gluten-free. We're just doing some experimentation with a chocolate gluten-free recipe. So we have a gluten-free chocolate mocha, mm. um, the Southern chocolate. Um, a lot of the cakes that come in a gluten-free variety, the gluten-free variety will be a four layer as opposed to a seven because the, the thin seven layer with the gluten-free doesn't have a, a the texture that we wanted. It, it was a little, it, we couldn't get away with it with, with that batter. Mm-hmm. Well, if you need a taste tester, we're <laughs> in Charleston, we can come up to Spartanburg and I would That's be right. glad to taste test. That's Absolutely. Right. That's great to know. I knew you'd be a great resource. Yes. <laughs> So, um, so I, I absolutely love how you honor your mom through this, how you honor Caroline through this. Uh, it, I mean, we can hear it through every sentence that you say, you give credit back to her, which 
um, huge tribute to how she raised you and the character of a woman that she was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like for you, because I think you bring a lot to this business um, that is maybe different and unique to what your what your mom did. So talk for a minute, if you would, and it's it's maybe it's a humble brag for you. I, I feel like you're probably not comfortable with that, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway. Like what what do you bring to this business that is maybe unique than what your mom was able to do or your you know dad dad was able to do? So mom ran full steam ahead. You know, hands off the reins. I think. Uh, this business has benefited. If I can toot my own horn, I've, I think I have the ability, I think I could be wrong to kind of say, whoa, stop and look around occasionally instead of the, uh, you know, the, the trains rolling down the track with no, no brakes in mind. Uh, I, I think stopping to look around and diagnose the solutions and the processes we put in place has allowed us to make, improvements on a, on a somewhat consistent basis. Um, mom always used to brag, almost brag. She's like, I failed the ninth grade. And she, she wore that like a badge of honor. She's like, I failed the ninth grade. And, and then look at what I accomplished. Um, whereas with me, she was, you know, you got to get your marks in school. She was insistent that I go back to business school. And I went and got my MBA from, from Wake Forest. And so we do group studies and the capstone project for all of our courses was take a business and apply what you've learned. And every single time I'd say, do you guys want to do Caroline's cakes? So the ability to kind of pull that out of, of what many before have learned and researched and then presented out and apply that to the business. um, I think it's been hugely beneficial to us. Mm, It's great. great. I also, I don't know, like I'm still, it was so important to us. There was never a question that this business would continue going after Caroline passed. Um, and, and I think credit to my brother and, and our team here for helping support the continuation of that. Um, but I, th- I think it wouldn't have been possible if we weren't all up to the challenge. So not, not, not just tooting my own horn, but everybody here, our whole team was, was really, uh, they're up to the challenge. Mm-hmm. They're the best. Mm. There's nothing like that, is yeah. there? Being partnered with people who you're proud to come in to work with every day. That's that's pretty special. Yeah. It's it's great. You know, we we've we all wear these uh I keep referencing this, the eat cake, be happy shirts, and we, we live and breathe it. And as we expand and contract for the holiday season with our workforce, we get a lot of the same seasonal employees coming back to us and they almost they almost let us know when the holiday season really starts because they'll come knocking on the door and say, Hey, are we, am I going to be able to work with you this holiday season? I'm like, wow, like that's so great to hear yeah. from, from a team leader that, that somebody had so much fun at this little business of ours that they want to come back. Mm-hmm. We would love to come up for a tour. Actually. I was just kind of kidding about the tasting. I mean, we will taste, but I would love to come in and see your facility and just uh, and be a part of that for a minute with you guys. Yeah. We'd love to show you around. If it's during the holidays, we'll, we'll put you to work. I, hey, I can <laughs> wash a pan. There you go. That's good. That's where you start. 
<laughs> yeah, right. and I have I have more experience than I care to talk about. So I, I, it would like be like coming back home. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard, we need to wrap this up. But what a delight it has been to spend the last forty five minutes or so with you and hear about your story and um, give lots of honor to your mom, mm-hmm. where a lot of the credit is due, and um, just be able to live in her legacy for a moment with you. So thanks for sharing that with us. Um, what we do always on our podcast to end it is we have a list of 70 questions that um, we obviously won't ask you all of those, but if you give us, give Stace first one number between one and 70, um, she'll ask you the question associated with that number and then give me a number and then I'll do the same thing and then we'll wrap it up. Right. Okay. I think we have to start with number seven, seven layer caramel cake. It's gotta be number seven. All right. Of course. Wow. This one, this is right up your alley. Um, if you can only eat three things other than cake for the rest of your life, <laughs> what would they be? Oh, that's a great question. Well, cake's an add-on. You, you'll always be three other things. I think uh, our Carolina Carolina barbecue. Mm. My dad's burgers on the grill. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to list any vegetables, but uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law makes the world's best brisket. Oh, yeah. So you're a meat and cake man. I mean, if I, if I was stuck with those, I'd still be happy. <laughs> I love it. All right. How about a number between one and 70 for me? We'll do 24. 24. Okay. If you could put anything on a billboard besides eat cake, be happy, because I know that's what you would probably throw up there. But if you could put anything on a billboard as a message to people, what would it be? I think that's a great question because eat cake, be happy was certainly, was certainly my go-to. Um, another rallying cry that we've always had here is take it to the seventh layer. And that was something that, that we've always motivated behind. And it was just sort of like our, our hoorah, hoorah cheer. So I think take it to the seventh layer. Ah, I love it. Great answer. Uh, great answer. Richard, thanks again. We just really appreciate it. It's great to get to know you. We'll look forward to driving on over to Spartanburg when we're over that way and coming in and saying a real hi to you um, in person as opposed to through a Zoom screen. But thank you. This is awesome. Thank you all so much. You got it. Listeners, thanks for hitting play. What we love every week is that we're just really proud of every person that we get on the show. Their stories are worth telling and what they're doing in this world and the impact they're making are worth highlighting. And so we're just thrilled to be able to get to do this each with each week with you. And we will be back next week with yet another guest. We hope you go make it an awesome week. 